0: Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. Yeehaw. Um <laughs> Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps Podcast. We can talk about the last episode we recorded for um, 2020. (laughs) And how it ended in a
1: very 2020 way (laughs) that we published in 2021.
0: (laughs) I like how the uh, title was Dev and Ops not working together. (laughs) I had no memory of us recording that episode. I obviously didn't because I we didn't publish it, didn't push it to the podcast stream, didn't put it on social media. And it just stayed where it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then you and me talking about weren't didn't, weren't you going to do it? No, you were going to do it. No.
1: Yeah, well, and, and then <laughs> you also had a uh, a large computer explosion, basically. Oh
0: yeah, my <laughs> but yeah my laptop blew up. So yeah, that on top of Christmas, even though there's no. Real family get-togethers or anything, there was a lot, a lot going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, <sighs> definitely an interesting holiday season. So, uh, and, and we were struggling with audio on that episode severely. So we we discovered that uh, Discord, which is what we've been using for recording the podcast, has become so popular uh, with kids and gamers and and. Classrooms and and whatnot that they're basically the servers are overloaded and that was affecting our audio issues but that wasn't really discovered until two weeks later as we uh, prepared for for the new year and, and new recordings to find <laughs> out that well it's actually the servers overloaded it's it's not Matt and his his technology it's not JD yeah. and his technology it's <laughs> it's the interwebs
0: you can give me a hard time for my audio setup and. <laughs> And all this time, it was Craigbot uh, or Craigbot. Yes, Discord in its bots. But quite useful, except for when the network's overloaded. Jeez. Yeah,
1: I know. So I mean, we're excited that they're a very popular platform. And, and they served us very well for the conference. Uh, and we hope to use them again for the conference. Uh, we've gotten great feedback uh, off of that and, and a great compliment from uh, the folks in Australia using a similar format. Uh, for that I take that as a compliment
0: yeah every world was in discord and my kids are in discord uh, one of my patreon uh, music bands artists the operators they use discord and we were streaming movies on Christmas day and watching them together and that's so so fun
1: so but for now new technology or old technology <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and local recordings to to get us through.
0: Yeah, welcome to 2021.
1: Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year everyone.
0: <laughs> so. Happy New Year. Yeah. I mean, this podcast was I guess conceived before the pandemic. We had this idea before we went on that faithful trip to an island with Gilligan and his friends. Um we, uh, we thought it would be really interesting just to interview people that had gone to the conference, speakers that were going to be at the next conference, and, and then it turned into a you know, pandemic prediction. <laughs> and 44 episodes in 2020. Yeah,
1: not bad. So not a bad start. And uh, I think we've got some great things lined up for the coming year and uh, more great people in the, the Mac community and the DevOps community to, to talk to. Uh, and I, I think we've got some great things coming along.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't caught up with the podcast, uh, now's a good time. According to our Podlove dashboard, it's 1.3 days of total playback time, so if you got 36 hours, or, go for it.
1: Or if you're having trouble sleeping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had some amazing episodes. Not to say that any one is less good than another or, but we've had so many guests
1: from interviewing, uh, you know, some of our speakers like uh, uh, Lisa Davies and uh, Kevin Friel. To, yeah, that was the uh, first that one. Was one of our first interviews there. To just uh, amazing, amazing people who helped with the conference, like Felipe, mm-hmm. and, Ashton, and Ashton. Uh, you know, the, we've we've covered a lot of ground. I feel, and uh, Howard Oakley is probably one of my favorite interviews, I, I feel like we could have interviewed him for a full day. 36 hours. Right? Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: So many stories.
1: And and probably, as he said, you know, ask me the same questions and I'll give you different stories <laughs> the next time, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, we spoke to a couple of developers through the year. We talked to the people at Hedge Post Lab. We talked to Malin, um, does the Time in Orbit, the Orbit app. Uh, lots of IT, uh, DevOps, Mac admins, and you know some effing birds in there as well.
1: <laughs> and and the book club uh, that we kicked off. Oh yeah, uh, with uh, uh, DevOps for Dummies, which was a great book, and and uh, taught Matt to be a little bit more organized.
0: Uh, what? <laughs> I am unteachable.
1: <laughs> you might be slightly Hello. teachable.
0: <laughs> the book club was was awesome fun we Used discord for that and we recorded some of those sessions for podcasts as well because it was fun it was so fun to talk about the book I mean we could talk about any book but that was a great book Emily Freeman's DevOps for Dummies. lots of good teachable items there for teachable people
1: yeah, so uh, a few things have, have uh, happened in, in the uh, ecosphere uh, since we, uh, we last left you, uh, even though the podcast that you heard last week was uh, the one we actually meant to ship uh, right around uh, the holiday. Um, but uh, uh, Deploy Studio has come back from the dead somehow. And there's a beta. So uh, you can actually deploy Apple Silicon with Deploy Studio. So, uh, Matt, I don't know if you were a Deploy Studio uh, user, but uh, I, I used Did it. you say
0: Deploy Studio?
1: Deploy Studio. What? Right. What? Yeah. Back from the dead. Back from the dead.
0: I think someone posted and said, hey, where's this old version? It was there. Now it's not there. And then the Deploy Studio Twitter account's like, oh, we'll put that back up. And then a couple hours later, it's like, oh, here's a new version.
1: Was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1.7.11 uh, uh, beta is out there on the Deploy Studio uh, uh, servers. It's rather interesting.
0: But can you deploy Apple Silicon with that? Um, Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know. So I, don't. I have just barely unboxed my uh, M1 Mac Mini and, and have uh, set it up uh and uh started from scratch instead of doing a migration this this time around and uh, has taught me where to locate all of my software licenses
0: nice I keep most of mine in one password
1: i i discovered all the ones that i didn't have in one password Mm.
0: (laughs) yeah i mean speaking of deploy studio though um i saw a tweet by eric holton and he'd mentioned that he was able to uh you know, downgrade a uh, T2 Mac from Big Sur to Catalina in about four minutes, thanks to Imager. So, I think for those of us living with existing devices, Imager, ASR, and old tools still work. It's just the new machines, that we're going to have to develop some new workflows. Yeah. May not yeah. have to uh, play with that SMB sharing
1: yeah it's it's quite interesting because of the way apple is uh using snapshots to hold the operating system and and a lot of the core applications uh it, it's definitely making it a little bit more difficult uh, uh, you know to to do some of the old fangled tricks that that probably weren't the the healthiest uh for us to do uh but um uh, yeah, there, there's more protections on the system, and and uh, I know Tim Perfect has uh, posted a few of his explorations in being able to do network mounts and and uh, some imaging attempts uh, from from the new uh, recovery mode, uh, which uh, is is very interesting and very different on the M1 uh, M1 Max versus uh, having to hold down the the uh, command R to get into recovery, you now just press and hold the power button, uh, and it gives you that as an option uh, versus regularly logging in.
0: Yeah, I haven't had uh, a chance to put my hands on a new M1 Mac, but new hardware, new techniques, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so uh, the shifting sands. uh, But yeah, uh, the TCC stuff is really... uh, uh, made it difficult uh, if you're using alternate apps to the, the Apple standard uh, universe uh, of apps, such as Mail App. Uh, if you're an Outlook you know, organization or something like that and want to just get rid of, of Mail App, it's very difficult to do on the new systems.
0: Yeah, I don't know what everyone's hate for Mail App is, but hey, that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> with all this talk about new and old hardware, i um, I mean, over the last few years, we've all been shifting to MDM and not 100% shifting away from old methods, maybe from ASR, um, but not completely that either, but um, shifting to MDM and having things registered with DEP or, I guess now, Apple Business Manager, Apple School Manager. And uh, when I had to rebuild my laptop uh, the other day, and it's, it's enrolled with Apple Business Manager and you know, internet recovery, restore the OS, it re-enrolls in MDM, I time machine my data back, um, simple MDM has Monkey and apps. So between all those, I had pretty much everything I needed. There was a couple apps I didn't have in my time machine backup just because I chose not to back those up. It's easy to reinstall them with Monkey or other ways. So it's pretty good. I'm just... the OS's shift you have to shift a bit more to MDM. So I was looking into um, you know, deploying certs with MDM versus I was used to just using packages. So, you know, for example, there's lots of things that you just make a config profile, make a profile, and, and you can make a profile for pretty much anything.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And it's nice to have that second method. So I can install stuff with Monkey, but I can also try and install it with MDM or vice versa.
1: Now, it's always always good to have two ways of, of doing things I mean that's kind of been our thing uh, with the Mac platform is there's not just one way to do it so it's it's nice to see that that we do really still have multiple ways sometimes to to tackle a, an issue and, and move along with it, an issue and it's not necessarily just one single way.
0: Yeah, I was, I was grateful for that recently because I was over the holidays doing some IT cleanup and realized that my once a year cert that I needed to renew had just expired by a few hours. And I had the day in my calendar but not the exact time. <laughs> and so the cert for the server had expired and so I couldn't deploy it with Monkey to update itself. Um, so I had to put it in MDM and it sent it out. So it's good to have a second uh, method. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't want to call it a backdoor, but but having alternative access is is always nice. Uh, I know I, yeah. I I still run Blue Sky for for most of my folks, and and having that access to the shell, uh, even though that's getting more complicated with with Big Sur, uh, still is is a nice kind of safety net, so to speak. Yeah, for to you don't always
0: have solar winds around, you know.
1: Right. <laughs> well, it's an, it's an open source project at this point that runs in a Docker, so, uh, you know.
0: Blue Sky, yeah. I've been playing with TailScale and looking at other variations like PryTunnel and uh, WireGuard. Um, so, you know, all these mesh VPNs, everything in a mesh, That's,
1: everything, all networks. All networks, yeah. Well, you have to be careful uh, if you have one of those uh, Amazon uh, uh, AI doofers. In your house, they're they're introducing Amazon Sidewalk, uh, which <laughs> is uh, yeah I know right. Um, it, this, the it make, <laughs> if the naming's horrible. Uh, will create a mesh network with other Amazon devices that are in proximity. So that means your neighbor's house, if they also have uh, uh, an Amazon uh, AI device, it will just seamlessly try and make a network with it, and then route all of your information through that. And through their network. That seems safe and healthy. No. I vote no. Yeah. I mean, what
0: was the other name for it in production, in beta? Sorry. Was it Skynet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a recent Amazon, is it Reinvent, Invent, whatever? <laughs> and they um, announced several new products. And I think, you know, Amazon Lookout was like a monitoring. And then there was Amazon Outpost, which is basically you can pay them to have Amazon in your own data center, um, which may have some advantages to having your data closer to you and be connected to Amazon services. So they announced a lot of new things. But yeah, the the naming was ridiculed a bit. <laughs> the
1: naming is, is, uh, is chuckle worthy.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazon. <Okay>. So <laughs> I left so hard my earbuds came out right there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Other things coming out of the quarantine is uh, is Joel is back with uh, Nomad 2. So yeah. this is this is quite interesting in that uh, even though Nomad really was uh, acquired by Jamf and uh, and turned into a Jamf product uh, Nomad 2 services uh, and and really uh, explore some of the new uh, security token technology uh, that Apple's introducing in Big Sur for, for doing single sign-on.
0: It's very exciting. Very exciting. I love Joel. And been using Nomad a lot. Yeah. And I know people love it.
1: Yeah, we. I've used uh, Nomad uh, with an Octa login, and, and it works. It's almost magical, really. You're using Nomad login. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've just been using... The regular flavor Nomad, but
1: oh, okay.
0: just a pure local account, and then you need to um, you know authenticate to corporate resources. Then Nomad keeps them separated, but you know working together.
1: Right, and keeps keeps passwords in check and, and all that fun stuff. Because that's that was always the fun of Active Directory is uh, the nom- the the password expires and you can't get into resources, and tokens disappear, and all that fun stuff ah yes
0: the good old days joining to active directory yes
1: the magic triangle or the uh the magic vortex golden, the
0: golden triangle <laughs> yeah i <know. laughs> uh the cylinder of destiny yeah there's so many you know words for it.
1: it's it's been a busy uh little uh, uh holiday quarantine for for everybody and uh I was excited to see uh, you know, just uh, all of the, the software that has, has moved to Apple Silicon and is universal uh, at this point, and, and having waited a couple of weeks before I dove into, uh, into the M1, it, it, it helped me not uh, uh, be on the bleeding edge, uh, just on the, the dull, rusty edge of, uh, of the M1 uh, transition for a lot of the the major software, at least, that I use.
0: And how is your M1 experience?
1: That machine is fantastic. Uh, (laughs) I've tried to throw everything I can at it, and I can't get it to go above 40 degrees Celsius for the processor uh, or the GPU, (laughs) which is just crazy. Um, I had, uh, just the other day, I had uh, the Parallels uh, 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 demo up, and was running uh, two Windows VMs and three Linux VMs, uh, and it didn't even flinch. So the virtualization on the processor for ARM is just fantastic. Uh, granted, you have to have ARM builds uh, for, for the uh, various OSs that you're virtualizing, but uh, you almost, well, you don't notice uh, any slowness between any uh, anything switching back to the mac or switching to one of the VMs it's it's just it's just there windows boots up in 10 seconds flat in a VM nice. right <laughs> for windows 10 uh and uh yeah so uh, it's it's uh, been a good good experience uh, so far there's still some UI quirkiness and bugs just because they've made the the interface uh so touchable so ipad like that uh you can tell where some software developers have like placed spinners or or different ui elements kind of on top of the existing ui uh things don't line up anymore Uh, but uh, most most are receptive to uh, getting that feedback and and or respond with a yeah yeah we're working on it uh (laughs) type of uh response but uh it's been good yeah it's really really good uh My my partner has mentioned that I am no longer screaming at my computer uh, or have not for the last week. So that's probably a good thing. Most of my screaming was at the, what are you doing now? Why, hurry up, (laughs) whatever it was for the Intel platform. And I made a lot of software developers happy because I had to purchase upgrades for just about everything to to run the newest (laughs) versions. So... uh, a uh, happy new year to all of the software developers that, that I uh, I helped fund uh, uh, in the last two weeks.
0: You're, you made their Christmas come true. Yep.
1: Yeah. 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 Snuck all that in right at the end of the year for tax purposes. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. The world of M1 Max. What will they think of next? I, Mac Pros, iMac uh, Pros? Yeah,
1: I, I, well, I think we're probably going to see the rollout of, of the entire lineup. Uh, uh, I hope that that Apple will get creative and, and actually bring some new designs to it. I feel like things like the iMac are, are a little bit long in the tooth uh, for a design, but I feel like, as we've seen with the MacBook Pro 13-inch and, and the MacBook Air and even the Mac Mini, they're literally just going to wedge this into the existing form factor yeah. and then... Uh, innovate on design next year and maybe that's because Johnny's no longer uh, inside the inner circle
0: innovate my beep <laughs> yeah well, i don't know are we ready for another trash can um 2020s had enough had enough dumpster fires um but yeah the m1 chip is perfect i mean they've kept the same designs so we'll see i believe mac stadium our favorite colo has purchased a million of them for their data center and and previous to every new version they always purchase a boatload of the the current or older version so there's a lot of intel max at mac stadium as well as probably m1 max that you can rent for a month for the same price as a a day at uh amazon (laughs)
1: Yeah, that pricing is ridiculous. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, if you uh, don't have any need for any of the Intel-based software, uh, you know, such as virtualizing Windows, Intel uh, flavor of Windows, and or some of the uh, the Python libraries and things like that that you might need in academia or research, uh, I, I am shocked to say that I'm fully on board with moving to to M1 and and uh, for all of my clients uh, for end of year purchases where they had uh, funds to burn uh, it was we're going to get uh, mac minis and and displays keyboard and mice uh, or and or uh, macbook airs or macbook pros because uh, it's just not worth investing in in the intel technology uh, uh, when you're just going to get so much more uh, bang for your buck uh, and longevity uh, with the M1, I, I feel so. I, I kind of look at it as like it's, it's it's an iPad Pro Pro or iPad Pro Plus, something like that. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's still that it's that ARM chipset uh, that that's been in development for the last ten years. Uh, be, you know, between the collaboration of, of, of the folks at uh, the ARM uh, development group and, and Apple uh, developing that platform, so uh, uh, it's not just a matter of having the caches, you know, bolted so close and the and the memory bolted so close. Those those things do help uh, in a hardware level, but uh, they've they've been able to really uh, get hold of uh, having multiple streams of data process through the various cores uh, inside the processor uh, to, to really uh, use a lot less energy to to chunk out a lot more data. So it's kind of like putting bigger buckets on a smaller wheel or uh, some other weird water wheel reference that, that uh, I can't think of right now.
0: So new M1 Max, new Apple Silicon Arm Acorn risk machine, advanced risk machine, um, yeah, brand new, super fast, and only to be used with the cloud, right? So get them with the smallest hard drives. Don't store your own files; just put them all in the cloud. You know, make sure you set up with your iCloud account and iCloud um, file system, right?
1: Uh, did I say that? I did not say that. Not. At I'm just. All.
0: I'm just making up (laughs) stuff right
1: now. No, yeah, I I uh, I highly recommend at least a 512 uh, SSD in there. Uh, Memory doesn't seem to be as important uh, on the platform. Um, I ended up just getting the eight gig Mac Mini M1, and to be honest, uh, the page the page outs and uh, virtual memory. Uh, have been very low compared to my Intel. Uh, you know, I'm Granted, it's a 2012 MacBook Pro uh, that I'm comparing it to, but uh, memory usage is, is much better. There's higher compression uh, on uh, the data that's going into memory, and that's all being done on chip uh, which makes it very fast uh, for that. And a lot of the memory compression earlier on, uh, especially with the Intel platform, was, was all done through software. So you had the processor having to uh, uh, basically take what was in memory, compress it, and put it back into memory. And those are extra operations that, that uh, you know, heat up your processor, basically, and take up more cycles. And, and now it can literally compress what's going into memory as it's going into memory. So. Uh, I think those advancements have really, uh, uh, really advanced things along uh, and made, made, at least for most of my clients, uh, more hard drive space or solid state storage, where I would put my two, 200 uh, kopecks dollars towards uh, upgrades uh, on the machine uh, versus uh, memory first. Now if you're in video or dealing with large graphic files or something like that, uh, you might want to consider more memory, I think
0: you heard it here folks more memory (laughs) i think in all the reviews of the uh, m1 max there was certainly a lot of people reviewing final cut or premiere like video editing applications and everybody seemed to be pretty blown out of the water but uh, some of the reviews were comical or they're playing whatever on the timeline but they're not really doing any editing so i think that some of the editors (laughs) who gave it a, a more of a Ago, uh, you know, said that, yeah, the Mac Pro and the iMac Pro definitely are better, <laughs> but you have to have, you know, a pretty complicated timeline, very long projects uh, before you see the difference. And I mean, it's crazy that you can compare a Mac Mini or a MacBook Air to a Mac Pro and an iMac Pro. So they're close, but yeah, looking forward to those iMacs, iMac Pros, Mac Pros with uh, a bit more RAM, perhaps. It does matter eventually
1: yeah I mean it's not to say that that memory doesn't doesn't matter um, but for the longest time at least with the the Intel platform, I really was at at the point of uh, I can't open Chrome tabs anymore because I don't have thirty two gigs of, of memory in this laptop uh, and, and then we we saw that uh, but uh, memory management is much more refined I think so that that helps but Still, uh, yeah, you're you're right. In in larger projects, in production, video, especially video production, where you're dealing with you know 4K, 6K, 8K video, uh, you're probably going to need uh, more memory. There's uh, even even though we have, we're seeing more systems to uh, to basically uh, allow you to to work with lower res uh, until the final you know, the final render or, or what have you of, of uh, the project. Yes. <laughs>
0: M1 Max
1: are amazing.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to uh, getting them um, to test first and then in production. Because, yeah, your MDM game has to be even stronger. But it's um, <laughs> taking me years to shift from, you know, on-site on-prem monkey to uh, in-the-cloud monkey. Having restored a client's machine recently from a very slow USB drive, uh, I picked up a T5 for myself and redid my time machine on a SSD T5 USB 3.2, I think. Yeah, can't keep up with all the changing names of USB. But yeah, restored much quicker. <laughs> I had uh, a friend I follow on uh, Twitter have the same um, m- computer meltdown and had to rebuild. And he his time machine was on his Synology NAS or a NAS and it said twenty-four hours to restore. Oh, jeez! <laughs> so backups are good. Restores are better. Very quick restores even better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, in the disaster recovery business, you know, you want things at all, but yeah, getting things quicker can make a difference sometimes. But
1: yeah, with this uh, M1 setup for my Mac Mini, uh, I, I just didn't feel like uh, Golden Memory was was worth uh, as much as uh, Apple wanted to charge. For uh, for all of that storage, uh, so I opted to go with a T7 external for uh, for my actual users. Uh, yeah. Uh, for that, and it's it's working extremely well. Um, the old trick of of uh, moving a user um, and then uh, relocating it uh, still works very well in, in Big Sur. Uh, so uh, I really the, probably the biggest annoyance is the initial so-and-so application wants to to access an external drive and you kind of want to go uh yeah because that's where the user home directory is but but okay apple i'll go ahead and approve that for you uh but otherwise well, safety uh, right? safety and security safety and yeah. security <laughs> um but yeah it's it's actually worked really well the, t- the t7's uh a, a little bit faster i mean if you if you do the the speed tests you know the black magic speed test on it it is definitely probably a third the speed of the internal SSD. Uh, but it's if you compare that to uh, you know the SSDs in, in the Intel machines, it's still 25% faster. so that T7 is 25% faster than that T7 being connected to an Intel machine. That's just, wow, that's just crazy to me. Yeah, the
0: T5s and the T7s are are very amazing tech.
1: <laughs> and they're so tiny um. and thin and almost like credit card shaped, Like you, you could slide it into your wallet almost and take your data with you. And
0: on the one hand, they're awesome. And on the other hand, they just contribute to this floating mass of all these drives everywhere, especially with me working with video editors and there's drives everywhere, just SSDs, regular drives, everything. I much prefer to tell my editors to use post lab drive trademark. Um, <laughs> yeah. The cloud is helpful. When the cloud is your shared storage, then there's one place that has your files, that, that, that's not true. on a lot of drives. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just need to I've start to.
1: Uh, applying uh, tiles, glue tiles to the drives, so you can try and locate them and, and have them ring out when you're you're trying to find that drive.
0: <laughs> you're not serious. No, <laughs> It's been a bright spot in my uh, year that we've been able to use PostLab, like which is basically Git GitLab for Final Cut, and uh, just it keeps everything in one place, It keeps it versioned. It's it's it keeps some of my sanity. <laughs> Uh, just, you know, having to deal with files and data where people are remote, connect to VPNs, and it's just, there's extra challenges this year, this past year. 2020 has been very challenging, and I congratulate us all for getting through it. Yeah. And now the calendar has changed, but our problems, problems are, are, still, are still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah new, new year, same um, problems. New year, same problems. <laughs> so... I think another virtual Mac DevOps and discord and we'll work on getting our speakers mm-hmm. uh, speaker call outs and everybody's welcome to come up with their quick talks of what they've learned in 2020. And we can just do a day long we'll stream of 24, stream 24
1: hours of, of uh, <laughs> quick talks. So you got you everything you got five, I learned five in five to 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. Everything I learned in 2020. Yeah. And then we can, just drink our hot cocoa or coffee or other substances, whatever people drink all remote <laughs> and safe. <laughs>
1: Excellent. So we'll have more, more details uh, coming out here in the next few weeks on uh, requests for, for topics. Right. And, uh, and more details on, on the conference itself. Uh, Cause June sadly is not that far away.
0: No, it is not. So I think, we'll have to start uh, cleaning up the discord server and maybe uh, getting people back in there if they want to hang out or start uh, practicing or just talking and hanging out and yeah, get ready for the big days. Thank you, JD. It's been a great year of podcasts and uh, it's been really fun uh, being able to chat with you every week, sometimes more than once a week. Um,
1: Yeah with we'll, all the craziness we'll have some more uh, great guests uh, and folks to talk to and, and we look uh, forward to hopefully getting Shauna back uh, here in the new year and yes
0: Shauna come back please
1: <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll have more, more fun and antics for 2021
0: promises promises if you want to sponsor the Mac DevOps podcast, uh, just give us a shout at hello at mdoyvr.com. We'll be accepting sponsorships for the podcast and for the next year's conference. Thank you to our Mac DevOps YVR 2020 sponsors. Our sponsors for Mac DevOps YVR, the conference 2020. Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor, thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor, SimpleMDM, our silver sponsor, and Adagy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, We couldn't do it without you. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests. And thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by JD Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service.
0: I almost, uh, you know, had a crisis there when Slack was down. It affected me more on an emotional level than I thought it would.